Yeah, and I spent my childhood in it, fishing when we weren't working. You know, we went fishing, we went swimming, we camped on the sandbars in the 70s. And so, um, yeah, when the opportunity came, I Jake, I think so. So non-rain time, which we've been in a drought, the river is almost entirely, it is entirely fed by reservoirs. Oh no, there's still need room. Please, join us. We've got lots of chips. Yes, we're good. Join us. I'm not sure. The reservoirs. <laughs> but when it rains and the non-point source comes off the landscape, which is everything. So when you over-fertilize um, everything on the streets, the oil, all of that, farm fields, that's when it's bad. I know, I forgot they were cooking. No, because those are highly regulated by the EPA. It's not the wastewater treatment plant. It's the, it's the non-point. It's good. all that. We never working so I'm old enough that I actually want to part, unfortunately, part of the group that we're in. It's just Toll House. There's nothing special. <laughs> yeah, we should. Uh, it's just the recipe on the bag. They're homemade. It's not the recipe on the chicken. I'm going to take one home for Probably a first guy. I get a cookie. Yeah, so you got those little slivers. And and what I heard then was is that the Army Corps of Engineers want to let you two fish a year out of it. It's Kansas Department of Health and Environment, and they they're still a consumption advisory from. All right, Jake. Whenever you're ready. Okay, great. We'll go ahead and begin then. Um, welcome everybody to the third steering committee meeting for the Lawrence Loop project. Um, apologize, I can't be there in person tonight, but uh, between the, the team, we'll be able to take care of everything, I think. Um, so uh, just before we get going, just a, a, a token of gratitude for everybody for their, their time and efforts uh, during this conversation and during the work that we've done. Um, this uh, tonight is kind of a culmination of the first phase of our work. Um, so again, just thank you everybody for your time. And then before we move on to take a look at the agenda, just want to remind everybody to speak into the microphone, especially um, staff or consultants who may in the room, if you're going to speak to, to jump up to the podium, that way Kirk can get the audio. All right, I think we're ready for the agenda review, Jessica. Maybe. There we go. Great. So um, just taking a look at what we hope to accomplish tonight, um, we, we've kind of, uh, kind of started on number one there. Number two, we're going to talk about the river alignment discussion. We're going to go through the summary of feedback from our um, second steering committee, or pardon me, the second public meeting in the online comment form. Um, we're going to discuss about other options that may be a possibility and how they fit into um, the project. And then uh, we'll culminate in hopefully a recommendation. So, and uh, finally, we'll just talk about next steps. 
Great, so here's a uh, slide we have seen before. So we were in phase one community engagement and concept design. Again, the goal here that we've, we've had from the beginning is to put together a concept for a raise grant application. Um, after that, we'll look at moving into final design where we would want your guys' help again to, to help um, talk about and discuss other elements of the project. And then finally, if we were successful, we'd be doing a build. All right, so um, the river alignment. So um, as you recall from the end of our second steering committee meeting, we had um, a concept to close the loop that included both the street and the river alignments. Uh, between that meeting and the public meeting, uh, we found out about the additional information um, that basically made that piece um, not possible. So uh, we definitely want to follow up with everybody and, and have that discussion and answer any questions you have. Um, so with that, Really what we're talking about is a conflict um, with the Bowersock uh, crane tower and cable system. So um, that's kind of a, a plan view looking south, um, a generalized conflict point that we'll see better in the next picture. And there's our profile view. So um, the, I've got the cable system highlighted there. And um, what's attached to that cable system is actually a trolley car that hangs even lower. Um, that trolley car and cable system is used to service, operate, and maintain the bladders there of the dam. Um, so um, with that being so close, and I mean, five to 10 feet from those bladders, um, it really provides a conflict that we can't overcome with our multi-use path bridge going through that area. Um, I guess the last note I would have on that is uh, Bowersock also does have some federal controls over what happens in this area, and, and they indicated they would oppose us if we tried to put something through here. So that was kind of a, a dead end after that conversation. Um, let's jump back, Jessica, please. Oh, sorry. Actually, uh, no, that's fine. Um, I just want to give everybody a chance to look at the, the revised narrow concept. So again, when we came out of that meeting, that river alignment extended on, but this is the, the revised narrow concept that was shown to the public um, at that second public meeting. So uh, I guess before we move on anymore, I wanted to open up to any discussion or questions you might have about that decision that was made. I think I do. Um, what? Uh, that sounds like a really quick feasibility study that you did on and having it not be feasible. How how is that actually determined? Uh, so Mark Hecker and I met out there with with representatives from Bowersock and looked at it, and there's just not a way to bring a bridge through that area that they would support. So I had some conversations with them myself, and I thought there were some other alternatives that they offered that would work. And what would those be? Uh, one was to remove the cables, which they said was something that they wanted to do anyway, and to use a bridge structure or some other piece to let the trolley car run on the underside of a connection. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting concept. I haven't had time to dive into that. Well, it probably raises, I mean, it, that seemed like a really quick thing to shift from our last meeting to this one. and. I guess I'm just wondering process-wise, um, how does it work with the grant? Um, the, if we showed them something that we wanted to do, I mean, obviously nobody's really done a feasibility study on any of these things, right? So all of this stuff could be challenged from a feasibility standpoint. So wouldn't you show them what you want to do and then 
And I guess the question is, how, can you change, can you go back to them after you try to make something work and it, it is deemed unfeasible by actually working through all the traps, costs and everything, um, and then have, uh, go back to them and say, well, we here's where we are, we'd like to, you know, change our concept design a little bit to work around these feasibility questions, or is that possible with this grant? Jake will have to answer that. I wasn't in those conversations with Bowers. Well, and isn't there also, Jake, isn't there also an issue with FERC, the Federal en Energy Regulation Commission, that I don't think that they would allow it either. Is that right? That's what I was speaking to when I said that they've got some federal powers there granted because of FERC. But, but you're going to be talking to the railroads, Jake. Yes, we've already got a letter of support from the railroad. Right. And so have, have we tried to negotiate with the federal agency? No, not at this time, not at this concept phase. But it's your understanding that the owner-operator of Bowersock has those federal protections, not just the federal agency. And what was indicated to the city is they would not support an alignment that comes into their space. So that seems like a new revelation that happens, that's happened in a conversation, not that, that the city hasn't been privy to, that creates some dynamics that couldn't have been anticipated prior to a public meeting. Uh, right, Jake, that what was a, I don't know what all was consider, considered as that, if that was something that was considered viable. Like the conversation you're revealing to us now, yeah. that seems after, to be. Which was after the city found out about the federal. Correct, but it also seems to be new information that you're presenting at this point after we had to already have made a decision to go. I know you made the yeah. decision. I was just asking what. Oh, what options for. What, how vetted was the decision? Because it yeah. was so fast. I mean, these things, these things are admittedly complicated yes. projects. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And everybody wants it to be feasible. Yes. For sure. Yes. Uh, I just thinking, wow, that was a really fast decision. Yeah. Was it really vetted? And I think, well, and I think in that sense, from that operator saying this is not something we'll support knowing that with a federal agency then within a 30-day time frame to go to a federal grant application yeah. there was very little room to go into that space and the last thing you want is a another federal agency coming to your federal agency you're trying to apply to to say this isn't a viable option well i guess i would so, just offer that yeah you know if we had more time that um, I understand these things are negotiable with federal agencies and through my experience and that um, we could show them what we want to do and then we could say this is what we're going to be working on because we think it's a really cool idea as opposed to saying eh, okay that seems too hard sure so let's let's do the easy solution <laughs> another option could be that could be an alternative future project also like with what we've proposed it doesn't eliminate a future negotiation as part of a separate project also. Yeah, it was just one of the coolest parts of it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, Lori Lang, Peak D Neighborhood. Um, I don't think you got your question answered, though. Your question was, if we go through the, the raise process, application process, and use things we want to have happen and then find out those don't work when a more accurate feasibility study is done, then is it possible to make those adjustments even though we've applied and maybe gotten the grant? I don't know. You fill in the rest of what no. you wanted to know. <laughs> uh, 
And I think the answer to that is we don't we don't know. I think we'd have to make that decision, and we're trying to navigate this situation with the best available information we have with a compressed timeline. Ideally, we would have brought that information to you before we had that conversation, and that maybe would have changed the tone of the original conversation. We didn't intend to set it up that way. So, I think in that sense, when we get, let's. I'm not, let's table that because I think in part of this conversation and some of the comments that we heard also, there's other things we'll need to consider in terms of other alignments we heard. If you read the feedback from the study and a lot of other ideas in terms of, you know, where the river crossing is and those sorts of things. And I think we have some concepts to kind of talk about in context that this may also apply to. And then um, as part of result of this kind of final process, when we get to the end, we're looking for your formal recommendation tonight about the approach we should take recognizing we've already put something up we're a short timeline and this is going to go to multimodal transportation commission next monday and the city commission following that and so we can we have a little bit of maybe this ability to do that but the window is narrowing um to to talk about that uh, right. that competitive application so i was just, yeah I'll, I'll shut up now but i i was just challenging yeah. the sense of expediency sure. to go with a solution that may not be what we want to shoot for that's all sure Sure, and I and I think that's fine. It puts us it, it put right. We would have never brought. It would have been more ideal had we had all of those facts that we could have brought to you as the steering committee to have that as a vetted part of the conversation before we had made a decision and had to change it before we went to the public meeting. We were working on the best information we had at the time based on what we thought was practical and feasible to proceed with. Absolutely. And so. if we had a report from an engineer that said, I've looked at it, I've yeah. with the federal agency, we've tried to work. Yes, it, it's not correct. And that would be a different. Correct. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Can, um, I, he had a question that I thought was kind of interesting. Like, I'm guessing that if in the design process, if we specify we're going to use galvanized bolts and in the end we have to use stainless bolts, that kind of leeway is flexible. You know, how much do you have any sense of flexibility around like how broad strokes can we get? Can we say, you know, our proposal is like, <laughs> you know, we would like to have a river crossing element. We'd like to build on top of existing infrastructure. We would like to achieve these goals. And and whether the the bridge is at this specific latitude or that longitude, you know, whatever the nitty gritty details are, get sussed out later. Yeah. Do you have any idea? Do you have any idea about the sense of that? You got to prove you can build it, right? And so I'll let Scott answer that, and then I'll and maybe add to it. So as, as far as that goes. Um, you're looking at project readiness, and we need to define what the project is, and we need to have a clear scope of what the project looks like, and build out the um, kind of the funding schedule and the plan of here's all the organizations that we need to talk to. You know, we have certain portions of the project are construction ready, shovel ready to go, and as we're building this phase, we can get the next section designed, we can get through all the the roadblocks before we get to the next phase, meaning like Corps of Engineer approval and all the railroad and all that stuff. But when we are talking like we get a we got a letter of support from the railroad. So that is one barrier. We still got to get through the process, but they're on board with it. So to answer your question as far as how you need to define down the details. We need to be able to tell them we're going to commit to doing this because this is what they're going to spend their money on, and that's what they're going to expect to get 
you know, in return. So we don't have a whole lot of latitude to just pick up the whole bridge and move it to another spot, I don't think. But that, I don't know if that's really possible in the idea of just project readiness, because that's changing and redefining the scope if we're moving the elements around. Okay. That's Does that great. Make sense? Yeah, that's good to know. And I think we'll, hopefully we'll answer some other questions about that as we get into the presentation and talk about some of the other raised components when we talk about these other concepts and whether or not we believe they're feasible or not based on what Raze is looking for. Okay. Point of order, are you taking public comment? Jake, this, at this steering committee meeting, have you taken public comment? There's been no public here before. I know, but I'm asking <laughs> the project manager that. You're muted, Jake. We cannot hear you. I apologize. Uh, um, I'm fine with the steering committee making that decision. Okay. Quick poll straw. Would you like to accept public comment at your at your committee's designation? General consensus. Raise your hand if it's yes, and then we'll set some ground rules, like three or five minutes, and decide if it's on every topic or once at the end, or how are we going to do that. Generally, we do it at the discretion of the chair. I don't know that you've appointed a chair for that decision, so. <laughs> I'm just raising my hand if we're. Support, okay, so in support. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Okay, there's general support for that. One time, multiple times. One. One comment, no more than five minutes, three minutes. Three. Three no, minutes, okay. Yeah. You may have three minutes of comment. You can choose when you want to do it one time during the meeting. Right now. Okay. Can you please start a timer for us, Michael? Thank you, thank you. My name is Michael Allman, um, bicycle pedestrian advocate for 30 years. Um, this is a project access to the river, as we all know. If you take out the river alignment, it pretty much takes out the heart of the whole project, as far as I'm concerned. You know, alignment along the street is nice if you want to get to downtown, which is important, but it's not getting you to the river. My question, I think very basic question, and maybe it's already been answered some, you know, among you, is what is the measured distance between the cable and the bladder of the dam? I think it's like 30 feet or and not at the center low point of that curve, but up where the bridge would be. Where, what is that distance? Who's to say what the clearance is? If we have to have data if we're going to make a decision like this. And FERC pretty much tells the operator of the dam what to do. For her to come and say, oh, by the way, you know, I've known about this river access for a year at least now, and just happened to think that, oh, there's no clearance now. How could that be? Has she cleared this with FERC? Have we seen any data from FERC? They're pretty painstaking. I mean, you know, you have to have their support. But I don't see any data, either case. You know what that height elevation is? We have not noticed this is, this is crazy. I don't agree that this should be out of hand rejected without data. That's my point. Thank you. Yeah. Fair point. Mm -hmm. 
Are we prepared to continue to continue to talk about the options and alignments when we get to that that portion? Okay. Uh, in regards to this chosen one, I don't I don't remember this being an an option in the previous committee meeting. The these are the components that the committee that we understood that the committee agreed to in each portion minus the section that has been removed in this okay so that's section. that's still so, the river alignment so, sands sands that part that was okay. the decision was made to remove it based on conversations okay. and this and the engineering judgment made at that at that point in time based on the project process okay yeah. thanks um, I just want to clarify, so in terms of access to the river, it's really only that one segment that is gone in terms of access. So it's, it's a segment right in this area, if right. you can see my cursor, that connects from this point here to a point somewhere in this area. Right. Yes, it's this part that's gone. The proposal still includes this section right. as well as these other sections which also provide access to the river in different ways. Okay. And just for, because I think it would look good on this slide, you know, like, could you indicate where the existing promenade is on is that, that slide? Is that like in, is that in here behind this? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's behind that section of, yeah, okay. Um, so we had made that decision to go talk to the community with what was feasible at that point based on your recommendation. That included an open house, um, six to seven hours of tabling at the library about our project, and an online um, comment form. A result of that was posted and sent out to you earlier this week, and I have paper copies available of that if you'd like to review those in greater detail. Um, Again, we really found identity to these, back to these values that we've identified in the first phase of public comment when we asked respondents, um, do you have any final comments about this proposed project? So um, again, there were concerns about safety, particularly the elements and crossings along the street connection, um, things about lighting and personal safety and some of the connections where you think about um, just environmental design. Um, there was connectivity issue, uh, uh, concerns about connection to North Lawrence and Vital, although there was differences in the preferred alignment. Um, again, we're talking about that upstream, downstream bridge concepts um, in terms of those preferences. And again, lots of comments about uh, identity, you know, general support for com completing the loop and other desires of completing uh, bike ped culture and safely doing so for trip making. Um, that's just high level. There's comments on all ends of the spectrum in terms of you know, staffing security to how transit interacts um, and other things. So you can kind of read into those um, if you want in that process. Uh, and we asked about, again, for the design. We're looking at concepts still, right? And so as we get into the design, I think some of those things like the crossing enhancements and what other approaches are taken on the street alignment um, in terms of raised crosswalks, or you saw a com there's a comment about a pavement mark, like a, a beautification crossing markings like the North Kansas City one, signage, emergency support, adequate lighting. Um, there's a lot of concerns about any, in terms of the project at large, um, about those elements that will be included in future design. We wanted to kind of get an indication so we can be able to understand what needs to be addressed in that next phase. 
Um, in terms of connectivity, um, recognizing the dynamic connections of built environment and um, comfort for all ages and abilities. And you saw that people talking about accessibility, people talking about taking their kids, those sorts of th uh, comments. And then uh, back to the identity, this art history making infrastructure highly attractive and visible um, in the community. And I think that's part of the whole vision that's really come about with this project as part of that conversation. Um, I'm gonna let Jake talk a little bit about some of the other options um, that were proposed as part of this process and what our considerations or we feel like um, need to be part of the conversation at, at this point. Sure. Um, so with the elimination of uh, part of the river alignment, there's been a lot of discussion as to what other options may be on the table. Uh, so I wanted to frame that discussion with the constraints that we're operating under because I think it's important to realize that we do have some constraints and uh, we'll go into these all in further detail. Um, but we're talking about, you know, is other concepts supported in our adopted plans? Do they fit with our budget? Do they fit with our schedule? And, and then what else do we need to be thinking about? Okay. So in some of the alignments proposed, and I'm thinking of the one particularly along the levee, that's not infrastructure where, uh, you know, like it, that's not infrastructure in our approved bike ped plans in the sense that um, we would want to, as part of a raise grant application, speaking to the Federal Highway Administration, they're going to be looking for projects that are in our adopted plans. So they're going to be looking for our bicycle, pedestrian, safe routes to school plans and recognizing that these are community values and priorities on systems and networks. And so some of these elements that as we start talking about them, we have stuff identified as crossings, as concepts, or some of those sorts of things. But we want to be really careful about where we get to in this process to uh, propose a project that wouldn't be in supported by something that's in, in our plans. Another consideration we've got is uh, what can we fit in the budget. So uh, again, our, our maximum ask with the raise uh, is a $25 million. And the, the some of those narrow concepts is 20.7. So there's not a lot of flexibility there. Um, you'll see that we revised the river alignment from six to $1.2 million, and that's reflected in the total. Um, again, schedule Jessica spoke to this earlier. Uh, we have, we've got three business days uh, before we take this to Multimodal Transportation Commission, nine days before it goes to City Commission for approval, and 17 business days uh, before the application needs to be submitted. Um, other considerations we got to work with, and I was going to have Scott speak to a couple of these. Yeah, so we talked a lot about, you know, the benefit cost analysis. And so we think it's all been kind of the idea that there's really only room in the budget for, um, say, cost for one crossing of the river and all that. But even with taking out the river alignment, it does reduce the cost of the overall project. We're still improving safety by doing the route. So the benefit cost analysis, we feel that's actually going to help out that portion of it and score higher because we're spending less money. It may not be the preferred option, but it's still getting um, from the grant and from the from the connectivity portion of it. Um, it's doing what we're proposing is going to do. It's going to still increase safety. It's just going to make the benefit cost analysis. Um, more um, competitive from that standpoint, just from that um, sheer cost 
perspective. Um, and then when we talk about compelling to the raise grant, just like Jessica talked about, you know, are these in our plans? You know, we, we never had two alignments across the river, you know, in the plan to begin with. So adding another one now is less compelling. We're already making a connection and have multiple connections serving the same person purpose reduces in our minds the overall compelling port from the federal review standpoint yes it takes away from the iconic view of the project but again the feds they're looking at are we completing the stuff that they are um, pushing their agendas and does this meet their agendas and that's how we be more we could be more competitive and then you know we talk about maintenance that overall maintenance to you know um, keep two bridges up to speed there's annual maintenance costs there's by bi, um, biannual bridge inspection costs there's all this other stuff that goes along with maintaining those um, massive structures so we have to take that into consideration and you know we also talk about it's not completely off the table we're just talking about it's not in the time frame and everything that we have for this portion of the grant it's really hard to we we need to just make a decision and and get going or we're at jeopardy of not having a good complete application so it's it's not that we can't still do those other elements it's just gonna be really hard to do it and get funding for it in this grant application so I, I don't want to speak for the city but I'd say you know it's not that these are off the table it's just not going to be we're asking for support that it's not necessarily part of the project of the grant portion so point of clarification you said adding another one in doesn't make sense now what do you another one oh I was just saying that during one of the conversations are like well you're taking away the riverfront connection can we add back the other bridge and we're saying that doesn't make sense from a financial standpoint and a connectivity standpoint two bridges to having two bridges that's that's all i'm saying okay so uh any other questions or anything that i can answer for you there that you're looking for well and i don't know whether you're the person to ask or not but so like so where the where there's the orange the light orange dot where the riverfront access ends mm -hmm. yep um, sorry there you go so there's not there's what is so there's not a way of from there getting back up to the yeah well or you know what was the riverfront mall there's not a way of getting back up to that structure and it's over. it's a deadhead trail so it is a, it, it goes up there and then you would turn around and come back. so there's a canoe i believe there's a canoe access point and some other amenities along that riverfront access um, as amenities as part of the project but um, as far as that's just the portion it doesn't make that connection on across you know the the dam okay and and I mean and we had shown early on the possibility of um, having a pass through through the the mall um, that I'm not so that was something that Blue Bridge had shown prior to their involvement with the city project it's not something the city has ever initiated in a conversation to tear down part of that property ah, okay because that's what 
I was thinking, well, that's your way of getting back. Mm. That has not been within the scope of the current project. Okay, okay. Um, but all the different possibilities of getting that to not be a dead end and getting back up to the building have been thought about. Probably not within the time okay. constraints provided by this project and recognizing that the maximum of grant amount is $25 million and you're $4.3 million away from that. Okay. Can I ask a permission on that, if I may? I believe in the 2018 study, it showed what was called option F1 that went through the building that was different than what we had shown as a more elaborate removal of building. So I think that the you may be speaking about an even older look at that as well. Yeah. And Jake wasn't the project engineer on that project at that time, but I know they explored other options and didn't end anywhere favorably with them. I have a question. Um, so this steering committee, once the raise grant is, the application has been submitted, just hypothetically, I think everyone hopes that it's awarded, but let's just say it's not. Will this committee still meet to discuss this project and would there be an opportunity to go back to the drawing board then if the application isn't approved? We would probably need to go, I would assume, Jake can answer that, but I would assume at some point the city commission has set upon a directive when they establish the steering committee. If we end up in a place that that directive now won't changed, we would need to go back to the city commission and that would be impacted by whatever happens in the budget process to determine how a project proceeds. Okay. I was just wondering whether um, since you know we're under a timeline here for the grant, that if the grant's not successful, if we could come back and revisit yeah, I don't think that a different design. Conversation, okay. I would say we would need to regroup and take a proposal back to the city commission, and there would be involvement in budget process and other things to decide what further work was going to okay. be done. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Also, they just don't deny the grant. They'll give us feedback on mm. what we could do to make the grant more competitive, and that would be kind of the process yeah. the city would go through and see. Okay. Is it viable for us to fill all these gaps to address whatever to issues? Address whatever. And I mean, you spoke of communities you knew of that worked two, three, four times to go after programs like RAISE to get before they were successful at getting funding. So, so this is not a one shot. It's not a one and done. It's no. A, the grant requirements can change. So I would say the current administration has favored in the raise application process more bike ped projects than have ever been favored in these type of federal grant applications. That can change as politics change and as federal transportation programs change. And so you are at risk for that in the sense that delaying your opportunity for this could be a changing environment that you can't predict. So don't shoot me when I ask this question. Have you thought about delaying it a year? Jake, you want to speak to that? Um, obviously, that's a thought that has been bounced around. Um, I think that is kind of up to what happens here tonight with the steering committee. I'm kind of interested to see what, what recommendation we land on. Um, yeah. 
I mean, it's one of the considerations. I think you could also say we're we're going in this direction. We get it gets us moving forward on the needle. Then it allows you to get feedback from Federal Highway, you know, from the Federal Highway Administration. If you're lucky, you get funded. I mean, there's so many variables in this process to know how you're going to be lucky to speak to the scoring system. Depends who else applies from Kansas and how all the state distribution works of projects on a national level. There's there are so many variables as you start to look at it to know how you're going to do in any one time is hard to predict. Right. And I write a lot of grants, so I just feel for you. This is a big grant. Um, and getting that feedback is sometimes what makes a successful application. So you would basically be not doing that, and you're going into it again now with another year having passed, recognizing that we've been in this process <laughs> quite a long time already. Um, so I, that's a decision you could make, though, or recommend to make. Well, thank you. I, I really just wanted to know kind of what your timeline and expectations were, so thank you. I have a question also then. Uh, I did miss last month's meeting, so I apologize if we're rehashing something, but the close the loop going down from the $6 million to $1.5, was that because of the segment that was removed? So that would have been $1.5 million to try to do the Bowersock Dam connection? Correct. Right? Okay. So that's kind of where we're at in the recommendation based on what we took to the public and where we're at for your discussion and conversation tonight. We have put that already on the agenda for Multimodal Transportation Commission with the ability to share what the results of tonight's meeting is. Um, we'll be looking to take your recommendation to them um, along with whatever staff recommendation ends up being as a result also after this meeting. Um, and then to city commission with the possible raise grant um, submittal but at this point we kind of hope that we've started the conversation to share where we're at and our next steps and we'd open it up probably to you to have a conversation about um, where you want to go and what you'd like to recommend to us and uh, this is put it back this here. is chris tilden uh, representing laval douglas county um, i mean i i agree to some uh, extent with michael that it's disappointing that it you know, particularly reading a number of comments about how the downtown, proposed downtown alignment, you know, presents a lot of concerns related to conflict with automobiles, particularly for people on bicycles. Um, it does seem like an ideal project has a mechanism to get to downtown and a mechanism to get around downtown and create access to the river. At the same time, I recognize that incremental progress is better than no progress, and I'm, I'm just excited by this process and the fact that we're talking about this again. Um, I don't have a definitive recommendation for a mechanism that can get us to both with this particular project. Um, I do wonder, we had a discussion last meeting about the location of the bridge, mm -hmm. I think. Our general consensus after discussion was an alignment on the west side. Um, subsequently, I've, I've begun to wonder is, you know, would an option, as, as I read comments, again, there's a lot of comments about how a more eastern alignment along New York to the Walnut Park would be 
ideal for North Lawrence residents. It also would then make the river path a little more than just a path that ends at the river. You know, it could create that access to the river as well as the access to North Lawrence. You still have the helix and the big turn, which create that connection through downtown, the connection to Bircham Park. Um, so I'm not proposing um, that we recommend <laughs> moving the bridge. I just wanted to throw that out based on comments I see. Is that you know a feasible option that might address a few of the concerns that we are hearing from members of the community and that I've heard tonight? And I would. I would say that I read those comments as well and kept seeing over and over them folks talking about the connection to North Lawrence and um, allowing people the opportunity to go back and forth between the North neighborhood and the East neighborhood. So just that I, re I recognize the same thing. Yeah, and I think uh, Nate Clark, North Lawrence, and I, as North Lawrence, I appreciate that comment and also would like to kind of recount or recall my comment last time I talked about preserving this the oh, what was the term that I used the view the view I, there was like a more magical term for it <laughs> um, you know looking east and uh, someone enlightened me and said wouldn't it wouldn't you rather sit on a bridge down to the east without a car right behind you or a semi-truck right behind you so I was like oh that's I wish I'd thought of that in the moment um, but also something to, I don't know if this plays in here, but as far as a cost benefit analysis of that current bridge, um, you know, if we were having head to head three team foot races across the Kaw River, we would have three pedestrian foot bridges within what, 150 feet of each other right there. Um, and just wondering if that might be looked at negatively from a cost-benefit analysis of like that's not that's not introducing new value um, at that particular location it maybe does for bikes because well bikes can use the sidewalk but those bridges are designed for pedestrians only in those pedestrian sidewalks I mean bikes can bike on them we've changed oh, the oh, rules because oh. it's part of the central business district but based on design standards for engineering they are pedestrian facilities yeah. and bikes would belong in a shared lane environment so that's in terms of like the federal perspective of those kind of yeah. I don't know I'm just trying to think through the what yeah, your yeah. comment is I definitely feel the it's not a bike it's not designed for bikes yeah, vibe yes. going across that as a comment relative to that, <clears throat> I don't want to sound too much like a contrarian here, so I'll introduce it that way. But um, I think one of the reasons why we ended up with the bike path up here and not down at the eastern ones was that um, partially, I think, just you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the, the grant says that the connectivity that they're looking for, I mean, it says a lot of stuff, but the connectivity they're looking for is to things that people need to get to, things like libraries and swimming pools and barber shops and, and things like that. And I think it might be a little weak just to say, isn't it cool we're connecting East Lawrence neighborhood to North Lawrence neighborhood? Um, maybe. And then I do think, actually, we are connecting East Lor the North Lawrence to the downtown here. It's just, you know, it's like a few blocks up. It's the same, yeah. same thing. And a bike, that's like 30 seconds or something. But, 
Um, and I also think that the, the point about the having a bus right behind you, I, I think that's a super valid point because that's how bad those bridges are now to cross. Now, they're really not very pleasant to cross. And, but I think this orange bridge, just like the one on the east, both would solve that problem because you're away from them, you're probably lower than them, you might not even hear them or see them because they're, they're up there. In that case, both of them, I think, would, would be important, even though you're right, they may look a little redundant. <laughs> but, I mean, you'd have to make that argument pretty well, I would think, in the grant to just clarify why that bridge is in either location is important qualitatively. But. Yeah, and I'm, I'm Andrew Holt from the Downtown Lawrence, Inc., and I apologize if I was not at the last meeting so I didn't hear all the arguments, but I would say uh, regarding the downtown, um, the Vermont uh, or in that area would be uh, more valuable. Um, it's more of an activity center. Uh, it also has the potential to be even more of an activity center. So if we're trying to connect people, um, that would be the most, I think, meaningful point. That's, that's where we would be coming from. Did you say you had some options you were going to show us, though? Other alternatives after the last meeting or not? No. No, I said that somebody submitted or talked about alignment options in the narrative text and drew some other alignments. I think that, um, like taking the levy, putting a bridge all the way, you know, there was some other stuff that I think is way outside of the scope of what we're talking about for this project and presented some other, we thought, conflicts to ADA, like not being able to pave the levy and other things like that. So um, we're happy to entertain any of those if you have questions about why we weren't presenting them, um, but they, in our mind, weren't outside of the scope of the intent of this project. Outside of the scope, just, Tell me what that means outside of the scope. So in this situation, when we went back to the values that we decided to talk about, which is crossing, crossing the river, connecting this section of loop trail, but to the values of safety, accessibility, um, those sorts of things in terms of the, also the values the grant is looking for. So things about you know the cost benefit and some of those things, like this takes us in a completely different alignment where when we say on this project, uh, separate project, future planning, like what other things, these other elements and some of the other asks. Somebody asks for a shared use path, I think, down from where you cross now at, um, like, to go into Central Business District and, you know, uh, south into downtown and other things. And I think many of those other requests we would consider outside of the scope of where we're looking for this project in the sense that they may be other network improvements that should be addressed in bigger bikeway system planning, which we anticipate doing and starting in fourth quarter of this year. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Becker, uh, Parks and Rec Advisory person. Um, I am wondering, since it says it's $10 million for the bridge to cross on this side, if was there a cost analysis done if we had not selected the bridge that connects? Would it be cheaper or uh, would it be actually, a cost? Doubt, we actually used the cost for the more expensive option, which was downstream, <laughs> just in the idea that we had had to add some extra paths and some other things um, to get that north alignment back over to an ADA compliant section that our original cost estimate didn't include. So we said, well, we'll just use the higher of the two kind of as the baseline. 
So, it, and these are concept level are, costs. Uh, they're pretty detailed. Yeah, but, but I mean they're detailed, but in the scheme of things, like that we've rounded and we're yeah. Yeah. You're building the back end support for them, but right. Yeah. I mean, we, there's a lot of you know dotting I's and crossing T's before we come down with a real engineer's estimate. From the city's perspective, is there, you know, if, think about Chris's and Don's comments, is, is there any direction that you would provide or recommend as far as east or west of the bridge, upstream versus downstream? Well, I think we tried to present some of those concepts, the trade-offs, the pros and cons to you last time. I think that, that we felt like that was our role in that space to allow you to have that conversation with those that comment and those decisions. Jake, you may have something specific to add, but I don't think from that perspective that we, um, besides providing you kind of what the public sentiment was and the values and some of those pros and cons that I didn't, I don't have a personal preference. Maybe Jake do, does an engineering preference, but I think we really viewed that as your role. Yeah, Jessica's correct there. I don't, I don't think that was our, our intent to place that bridge. We were looking for guidance from the steering committee on that. Okay. Do you have the route that the downstream option, the design, I, I don't remember. Did it just simply go across the river or did it, it didn't, it didn't go back on the other side. Where's the floor? Yeah. I did. It doesn't I think get it, back over. Oh, I was going to say, I think in those, we didn't get to that level of detail yet with the, the thing we showed you, which was just like lines connecting. We hadn't gotten to that level. We were popping back out to talk concepts and locations, right. and we hadn't gotten to that level. Okay. Was there any thought given to just dropping the dead end portion of the of the of the connection uh, and holding that for a later time because if it just dead ends there what do you so, i don't know that you're really getting <laughs> much sure so this this is jake um so that that is actually a, a separate trail project that we had in the works and is already designed we were intending to build it this year um, but it, it became apparent when we didn't have enough funding to build that, that moving that to um, a 2025 construction, including the raise grant, was kind of a smart thing to do. Because it uh, presents, and, and Scott may be able to jump in on, on how this would be perceived by the feds, but it's a shovel-ready project. So we can build that into our schedule that we can start spending money in 2025, day one, because this piece is built, or sorry, designed. Mm. Okay. Well, it has the canoe, I mean, where you can put canoes in and stuff, yeah. right? I mean, so it's not like it just dead ends and there's no purpose. Right. There, there are steps designed to go back up to the promenade. So um, it's not, I mean, there is some connectivity, but it's obviously not desirable. It also creates future opportunity. Yeah. And so we, we did not design that portion of it, but it was just apparent, like we said, when you talk about project readiness, you have a spending schedule that you have to have all the funds obligated by a certain date. So we need to show the schedule that we can spend the money that we're asking for. And the, the good thing is this is that, you know, it, it helps that project readiness component 
but then it also frees up money for your future CIPs for something else because otherwise you're going to be spending that money anyway because you were planning on it. So let's take advantage of the opportunity now within this grant was kind of the thought process there. So with the, the four line ones on page eight, obviously we, the, it was decided that Vermont Street was the more feasible choice. In ranking then, what, how did it go? Was it for second, third, and fourth? Was there a ranking? It was basically that? a, uh, well, you, uh, you can all answer, but I think the concept was upstream, not downstream. downstream. Okay. And that was, yeah. Okay. I didn't know if there was like, everyone was like fourth street and then Vermont or something like that, you know? There were also comments that the ones that were in the middle might be more difficult relative to the spray coming off of the dam and freezing during freezing mm -hmm. weather and all that sort of stuff. So I think we felt like the one downstream okay. was probably outside that window pretty well. But Makes sense. Yeah. Thanks. Um, Jessica, you mentioned that like explicitly not including the the levy is not included in the uh, what's adopted plans so so the concern there about if we would take an alignment that's more than what we're showing on this part of the levy is part of that route is going to drop you onto a onto a levy that's packed crushed gravel um, based on some of that there you can't we can't pave that levy trail all the way to k10 like there is prohibitions it's my understanding in that based on our flood control our, uh, and so there was concerns initially to say like, okay, if you took it outside of the scope and you had a bridge that was downstream and then ran it up the levee all the way to I-70 back into the network, that you have now created something that's really more recreational in nature and less utilitarian in some sense for the grant, for the raise grant cost benefit. But you've also put yourself in a situation where you can't necessarily build that to ADA standards. And so the federal transportation approach to that is that's probably not an acceptable facility for bicycle and pedestrian trip making in the sense that um, for it's a federal highway project not a recreation project mm -hmm. Jake do you have anything else to add there no okay. is the is I'm trying to think is there any part of the loop that's currently like is it would that be acceptable within the concept of like the city's Trail plan? Trail plan for the Lawrence sure. Loop or something like that? Sure. Well, I think the vision for the loop has always been that it's a, ex, that the accessibility is one of the visions for that. It's a transportation infrastructure. So whether you call it trail, it's not, it is a trail in some sense in the people's minds of how they perceive it, but it's shared use path, which has a federally defined transportation standard of eight foot minimum paved pathway. Where when you say trail to me, that means nothing to the feds in the sense that it doesn't have any ADA standard to it. Like you could have a single track trail, a mountain bike trail, you could have, you know, something that's just a goat, you know, goat path that kind of like, that could mean trail. That doesn't mean anything to, to Federal Highway. Federal Highway is looking for sidewalk or a shared use path. Shared use path is designed eight foot at a minimum and it includes bike for bike and ped. So it has other requirements too in terms of ADA where all of the recreation facilities don't have those same federal definitions in design. So I'm just going to see if I'm on the right page here. Basically, we all pretty much agreed that 2nd Street and 3rd Street options 
we weren't interested in. We Last time we met, we picked the Vermont Street Bridge, but there's also a lot of feedback that folks like the 4th Street option. So are we at the point where we need to decide which bridge, either confirm Vermont, choose 4th, but that's really what's in front of us. Yeah. Is that right? I think what's in front of us today is that, in that sense, is decide do we proceed with what we've shown to the public? Do you change it and then we, which is this? Do we have a situation where you change it and now we, now what do we do? Because we've taken one thing to the public and we're, we are running out of time. Um, do you, you know, do you get in the situation where you said, okay, because of these changes, we no longer support you pursuing a grant application? I think that's a viable alternative if you wanted to go, you edged at that, if you wanted to make that decision. Those are the type, I would say those are probably the most reasonable of options. Of course, you <laughs> you could probably throw something else out there that may surprise me. This this project seems to be full of a lot of late minute announcements, so I don't know how surprised we would be by some things as the changing nature of how this uh, process has been. But just to clarify the the grant process, is this an annual thing? And it's always got this deadline so, of February no, 28th? Or no, they that? moved up the deadline on us this year. So that was part of a factor that happened in this process. So um, RAISE is part of um, the bipartisan infrastructure law. And they f Congress funds uh, it at a certain level for a number of years. So they could decide not to fund it. Some years they may not fund it at such a high level. They could change the program goals. You know, that's all based on political politics in terms of what happens in that political spectrum. The bipartisan infrastructure law had this as a new program. It really evolved, though, from some other federal programs that have been like it in the past, um, but with new focus and energy on bike ped, safety, economic development, some of these higher level things rather than just simple road and bridge projects, which some of these this fu these funds in the past have really looked at funding those sorts of things, especially if you look at the most recent award winners for these types of projects, it's a lot more of these types of projects. But they could decide, I mean, you're in this game, right? Like they funded bipartisan infrastructure long, law so long at these levels and you don't, you don't know, is that one more year? Is that two more years? Is that 10? So the process of applying comes out of city funds or, I mean, like what pays or what? Yes. Okay. So the city budget, in, in the city budget, in the capital improvement program, there's dedicated money for this project to go through the process we've been through now, which is to hire our consultants to aid us in this process of writing a grant application. And that's the, that's the agreement we have now with um, to pursue that work, and that's the work we're hoping you help guide us in in that work. Um, that's a set. Of, that's a specific scope of work and a specific set of money. So it goes back to the question: if we decide to do something different, we might have to go back to the commission. So to go forward, given that we have had changes, but take that part that can't work out and proceed. If nothing else, it's budgeted for to proceed. We'll get an answer on the grant application. We'll get feedback that can help for future applications. It seems like that's where we need to go. It's just 
keep going forward even if we have to come back again and even again after that that we'll learn the, through the process and hone in on things that we may not yet know that we have issues. This is Chris Tilden. I mean, I think I agree with Lori. I mean, there are a lot of benefits to this proposal as as proposed, um, the access between downtown and North Lawrence, uh, the big turn in the helix presenting a option other than at grade to get across the railroad tracks, um, I think is a real benefit. Having better access to the river, albeit it's a dead end trail, which I think is unfortunate. You know, I, th I think a lot of us are probably struggling because the proposal as shown here you know, doesn't really present a compelling option to complete the loop, which is, if you read the comments and you think about, you know, a lot of the discussion over the last 10 years is how we, can we complete the loop through downtown. I don't think this is a terribly compelling vision of how to get there, but it does create incremental opportunities to continue to build for the future. Um, I would hate for us not to apply for a grant and have the opportunity to get feedback, see where we have strengths and our weaknesses, even if we are not funded. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I just had a question um, to, to, for clarification. If we did go with the upstream option, um, I'm, I'm looking at the drawings. I'm not great at looking at drawings. Um, is How does it connect with the downtown if you're using the let's say the fourth street option have we gotten that specific yet well i think if you would put a bridge you're saying in this alignment here on on the fourth yeah yeah and then you would come back this is how it would connect to downtown is this section this yellow section would still be part of the planned section. Yeah. This is the close the loop section. Okay. So it would connect in to downtown in the sense that this is the bridge and here is the connection yeah. to downtown is here's a crossing here and then you would get end up somewhere in this network and need to cross here or here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you'd, you'd come. I think of it as the train station. Yeah, back there, yeah. you'd come out just yeah. a few blocks east of Mass and a few blocks west of Pennsylvania. Okay. Great. So I think I'm kind of agreeing with Chris that this this grant seems very specific that it's tying into things like transportation and ADA and accessibility and and again how to get to the pool and the library what makes it important and so I guess what I would ask or say is you know this seems like something we should do now so hopefully we can either ask the city to have a study eventually done on Bowersock I think is important because the loop isn't getting finished and I think that should, again, has nothing to do with this, but a next step forward as we go to the next plan after this complete completion, something to think about. And then also hopefully there will be grants out there for our bicycle you know, and pedestrian ways, like since we've started the loop, that could potentially add a fourth street eventually. But I, I would be leaning on going for this now because you, you know, the money's there, the accessibility's there, let's, let's move forward. So I think, I, I think, wow, wouldn't, it, wouldn't we all aspire to being the people on that committee that got the riverfront loop closed, right? I mean, that's what I would personally aspire to, and I would think all of us would. So to, to be the committee that didn't get that last piece put in place <laughs> seems, <laughs> seems uh, unfortunate. 
And I also agree with you that the, the downtown version at the top there is uh, not compelling as a bike path. And it's, I mean, I'd probably just ride on the street. That's complicated enough there, trying to get around people and, and all that. But Yeah, you really have to see that on the ground to see if it works. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. Lanes that's laid fair. out, where are the markers, dividers? Yeah. I mean... I, w- I would hope we could be more bold with getting that through there in a simple way. But um, any, anyway, with, with those two caveats and really wanting to be on the committee that completes the loop on the riverfront, I would probably support moving forward with the grant with this version of the design. I thought that's what we were all doing. <laughs> I think that small progress is still progress. And so it seems like you've come a long way to try to get this far. And I wouldn't want to stop your forward progress. Um, not interested in stopping what you've already worked so hard to try to do. I'm hopeful that this committee will get to continue some work beyond the application because there I have faith that there are people who are going to come up with some great idea that we haven't thought of yet to close the loop. Yeah. Do do we need a, a motion to accept this narrowed concept and to give you our blessing to pursue the grant you may you may proceed yeah I think you can proceed to do that I think there's general consensus I'm not hearing anyone opposed to proceeding in that way but you may formally do that if you could I ask the question though I'd still like to hear from these two yes as you know I think the the two things that resonate with me one is just that like I look at the the current river option and I see I don't see anything different than the current promenade that's there. And I've been down that promenade, um, and we stopped going down that promenade probably four or five years ago. Uh, there's just, as far as, I, I know trail is a loaded word, as far as trails and p- places to move my body, um, it's a neat place. It's right along the river. Uh, and it's, uh, I'm six foot three, 250, and it doesn't feel safe, you know, sometimes. So I look at that option, and I understand that it's slightly different. It'd go down below. Um, that does not look like a progress, I don't know, progressive, a big enough change there from the existing promenade to get me excited. Um, and then I think the, the current bridge on Vermont Street um, providing three pedestrian crossways within a stone's throw of each other does not I understand it would be, be a bike lane dedicated bike lane or something like that 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 doesn't strike me as like different enough so we we've kind of designed by committee back down to what's already in place may I, may I? just make one point on that river front option though yeah. is accessible for everyone can somebody in a wheelchair get down there and curve path and is it ADA compliant can everybody enjoy those amenities down there 
I think on the promenade it is. It's it's paved. It's probably 20 feet wide. But does it meet ADA compliance with slopes and grades and everything? Yeah. That makes it. It does. Does it? it yeah. Does. I haven't. I haven't been. Down. It's very flat. Oh yeah. Let's go for a little little team walk. It's right over there <laughs> at night. I don't have that level. <laughs> yeah. Smart level. Um, so in in that sense, I would I I would. You know that, and um, so it's it's the not enough change there between the two options, um, and then as someone on a as 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 I don't know, like a a bike person, um, I think you said you know like navigating downtown. I'm just going to take the streets or something like that. Like I don't like going downtown, and so one of the goals that I had hoped was that this would take my least favorite part of the loop, which is navigating the downtown section, and turn it into something that could become my favorite part of the loop, and everybody's favorite part of the loop. And I, you know, the idea of crossing at the train station and coming back, even on in the existing bridges that are already there, that would alleviate the downtown pressure for me. And you know, helixes, everything else. I don't. I don't really care because I can come across on that western car bridge loop along the south side of whatever that parking lot is, or the the power station, and catch, catch up Bertram Park and have minimal safety conflicts. You know, like car bike conflicts and stuff like that. So, if if we need to get this through, that's great. This will not impact anything as a North Lawrence resident, and this will not impact anything as someone who bicycles on the loop. And I don't, I don't anticipate it, me getting any like closer to the river and engaging with the river corridor. So um, that's from your from your bike ride. Why wouldn't it impact you as a North resident uh, with the bridge coming across? You know, unless I'm unless I'm on a bike and then that bike path is substantially faster, I you know I ride in on the levee. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take the bridge across, um, as opposed to going further and doubling back or something gotcha. like that. As someone who lives on the east side and who actually biked here, I actually did take that exact route to here. Um, I realize I actually take it every time. Mm -hmm. When I bike through downtown, I can say as an active cyclist when I do Berkshire, I am the most fearful of, of that intersection right over here. Yeah. And so I, I think it's, you know, it's not too bad. I mean, it's not the dream we wanted. It's not under Bauer Socks where it's going. But I do feel that the path that they've put out in the yellow that goes through East Lawrence to get around downtown is probably the safest and is the way that I always bike when I try to get to this area to get to the river. And, and whatnot, and I think I would look forward to a, a safer place, you know, in the upriver to be able to get from Bircham to downtown to where I live. Mm -hmm. So I think it would impact, at least as an East Lawrence resident, I think it would be beneficial from a bicycle perspective. And now just, you're referring to the downtown flat yeah. street portion. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Again, obviously, the dream would have been, oh, just that, you know, but we don't have that, that's not there. I still hope the city will push for this study for Bauer Socks. I think it was such an important point that was brought up at the beginning of the meeting that shouldn't go away, that we need to see if 
through the federal and, and through the city that eventually if that can be taken care of. But I, I think at least from a cycling perspective, I'm okay with that. I want to speak for a minute to what Nate was saying because, you know, I said I was supportive of the grant and I am supportive of the grant. But as the Kansas Riverkeeper for Friends of the Caw, I'm, when I think about the river users, the better option is the 4th Street Bridge. The better option is the view of the river, the connection to the river, the connection that people will have to the river. I mean, the river's one of the most important aspects of Lawrence. And um, they're not going to have the same connection that they're going to have on Vermont Street. They're just not. And so if you're wanting to create a true connection to the river, it would be better served on the bridge downstream. Would you describe the differences? What, what would they not see? Well, on the Vermont Street Bridge, they're going to see the double bridge. They're not going to see the sunrise in the morning. But they'll see the sunset. And they'll see the they potentially could see the sunset, but... Um, I don't think it's the same as the sunrise. The sunrise is right up the middle of the river. It's an absolutely beautiful view, and the river flows that way. So you're going to see it, the river going away from you as if you're going downstream with it. So I'm just saying from a, a river person perspective, yeah. when people come to town, they're going to want to walk out on that bridge. And what do we want them to see? So that, those are just some things that I think about. Chris Tilden, Louisville Douglas County. I guess just to reiterate the point, there are a number of comments from North Lawrence residents who say we live east of Third Street. Um, the old route gets us to the library. Um, you know, but really what would be beneficial is that connection from the east. Um, I'm reading that in quite a few comments here. Uh, Nate representing that neighborhood feels like that is the more compelling option. Um, I, and I brought it up earlier. I, I think the the eastern option. So I am I I am compelled by the idea of thinking about that alignment option versus what's been proposed. I do want to ask everybody to think about the fact that this bridge is for the city as a whole and not for North Lawrence and not for East Lawrence. It's, and so these comments that we get are, this is not a scientific way of gathering information. Yeah. I suppose somebody could write a paper saying it was scientific. But, <laughs> um, but I think, you know, it's, it's the, the catchment area that you've got. It's the people that are closer to the area that are more concerned about it because it's in their backyard. Um, and I think if you if you think about it from a broader transportation standpoint, I really think that that uh, as a, for the city, I think it, um, I'm not really arguing with your points. That's okay. For the for the city, uh, I think that that uh, westmost version is is the best. Um, and I don't know if we've painted the picture of that. I mean, you're not going to just see the two bridges, right? You're going to see. You're probably going to be lower than them for a lot of it. You're going to see under them. You're going to look up east and 
I guess I'm just thinking not to be insensitive to the different parts of the river, but I'm just thinking it's like looking down one end of a toilet paper roll and then looking down the other end. It's the same no. toilet paper. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, the stop. wrong thing. I'll, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a tube of some sort? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think people oh. that are going downtown, I, I, I like the Fourth Street option. I think that has lots of appeal to it, especially if from a cyclist perspective, and I won't go into why I think that, but if you think about people walking along Mass, walking along Vermont, are they gonna traipse all the way over to that 4th Street um, location to go over the river? The answer is no, I don't think they are. They're gonna use these, you know, if you don't have the upstream bridge, they're gonna cross the current paths along the bridge, right? And then the, and the, then the question is, if there's development, business, restaurants, all those kinds of things, where are they going to be? Well, they're going to be across from the Vermont Street Bridge. People would walk to that. You know, Not necessarily. I mean, our community has expanded their central business district to include land on the north side of the river. That, that's bridges. what I was, I was, I was going to ask so, the same question to you. You know, like downtown Lawrence, is it looking to expand to like Johnny's North, the sushi joint, like the East, the Arts District in the East? Is it is it kind of like trying to like pull those into the downtown? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I would even say the Warehouse Arts District, you know, hopefully in the future will be considered all part of the center. Um, t taking my downtown, you know, hat off and just uh, addressing some of the really compelling points that have been made for the 4th Street or upstream. Um, but I just wonder if, you know, as far as the grant is concerned, you know, the goal is to create the connectivity and the um, closing the loop. And would it, would it hurt the grant effort if we, you know, went upstream and that didn't happen um, completely, or at least as ideally as uh, it would be if we had it at Vermont? That's my question. So the goal of the grant, it was not articulate, I apologize. So the, the goal of the grant is connectivity. And I think that the upstream is less connective as far as closing the whole loop. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think you're I'm down the river. Yeah. I'm sorry, downstream. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Vermont and Fourth. Yeah, Fourth is, I think, might put us in a more vulnerable position. To the grant. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I think you were misspeaking. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> oh, so you, you, you think that, okay, Vermont is not the preferred um, location from the standpoint of completing the load? No, I, I do. I do think it is. I think mm. the fourth is less, it leaves us more vulnerable for the feds to say, you're not really hitting the goal of connectivity. You're not bringing it to, just as you mentioned, the activity center. Yeah. Yeah, it just depends what you mean. I mean, you right. have two different interests, right? I mean, as a cyclist, I might say, sure. if I'm in the loop, I'd say, I can see 4th Street working because you just hop over on 4th Street, go down, take one of the pass over, you avoid all of that congestion that's, you know, right. in that. And I get so that. that's great. That's really great. Right. On the other hand, in terms of connecting downtown. Right. Exactly. So it's just Perfect. they're different. Yeah. Well, and getting out of Lawrence, I agree with you. Going north, there's only so many ways to go north out of Lawrence, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it'd be really great to have that as a cyclist, too. It's not completing the loop, which was the major thing we were supposed to be doing, I think. Before Street kind of does. I mean, you just go over and you, then you, you have to cross again. But 
Yeah, you don't. I mean, you, I wouldn't you miss out the, the business. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, we could. I think, I think that I, I keep talking out of both sides of my mouth when, <laughs> when it comes to the trails. Um, because I, at the end of the day, I, I, I really think, and I agree with you, I mean, it's, it's not just a handful of North Lawrence residents. I think there are multiple reasons that trail is compelling. I do have concerns based on what Jessica said about accessibility. Yeah. You know, that is a trail that will end up on the top of the levee, which yeah. can't be paved. Um, and so I am concerned about the competitiveness of the application if that is the option for the raise grant. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to. And Maybe Jake can speak to what they looked at for connections in some of that. I mean, I think that was one of the things we originally saw when I looked at this in terms of seeing some of the stuff that had been previously drawn is that, well, we've got to connect back to the existing network. And the, the levy is not necessarily the network that's ADA accessible. And so thinking about it as a safe route, you know, currently kids who live in North Lawrence, the middle school they go to is currently Liberty Memorial Central. And this, the bridges are part of their route that is designated and so this would be an alternative in that and that was one of the many things we talked about I think last meeting where we were looking at upstream and downstream in terms of you know there's this economic development commercial connections destination pool library for those kids and connecting um, you know to the west and then to the east you know back into the neighborhood and to the school we talked I mean we talked about all those things and you're right they they, some people may choose to use it no matter where it is. Do you know what I mean? Because it's safer and more attractive. Some people may choose still never, you know, not to use it. And you may get different people based on where it is. And that's the challenge in building this type of infrastructure is who are you, who's, who's benefits and who doesn't based on where you put it. But I, I'd go back to the, uh, the earlier comments. It's not perfect, yeah. but you got to keep moving. All right. And just to clarify and back up, right. the reason we really can't even think about the fourth street is it hasn't been presented publicly, and that whole process is guided by. I mean, rules, that would be I another guess. situation we would end up in where if so we, we really can't that. think about, we've moved past the fourth street. I think really. And you know it's hard to restart a process, right? I mean, there's a lot of energy behind the process, and we don't have time to complete. At least so the initial. You, you have a time problem, and then but then you could lose energy, right? Mm. When with a lapse yeah. in yeah. the effort. This, I mean, who knows? I mean, the city. I'd love to see Fourth Street as a future project because yeah. I like that location, and it really, you know, I wouldn't even well. We, that's not North Lawrence, that's the levee. <laughs> it's like North Lawrence is east of the bridges and that's where the 4th Street would go to, but yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't punch that box, check that box, but we can hope for future. Yeah, when our downtown expands to the East, you know, Cultural Arts District in North Lawrence, then maybe that's the right time for the 4th Street Bridge to, when that, you know, all becomes mm -hmm. that way, and mm -hmm. we can concrete that part of the levee and have some development, and there you go. <laughs> but not today. Right. <laughs> you know. So I don't, I'm just, 
as the guy who's going to vote for the Fourth Street Bridge, regardless of the answer you're going to put forward here, is is Fourth Street like officially off the table, or is it just like that's an option? It's just going to present a few challenges in the next three days. I think that creates the situation where staff will have to convene and decide if we have a different recommendation to Multimodal Transportation Commission than what the Steering Commission recommends. Okay. And staff will have to make that decision based on our best guidance and feeling about where we've been in the process. Okay. So I can't say I can't say that now in terms of what I think that will be, but that could result in that. Okay. And then it puts it on somebody else, right, to make that decision. So. Okay. I just want to address your concern, Lori, and that is I don't know that we have to take that bridge off the table because it hasn't been, quote, presented to the public in the sense that the narrowed concept was presented to the public, which also didn't come before this group. You know, it, not any fault of city staff. It, that was an issue of timing where because of the discussion about feasibility, the narrowed concept had to be presented to the public, which was also not discussed in this group. So, you know, the group made a decision, I think, about Vermont Street based on the concept that wasn't narrow. So I don't think we have to feel like because what was presented to the public at this second, um, the second public input session should constrain us in that decision, which is not to say that it, I'm not saying which decision is right. I just don't know that we should feel constrained based on what was presented to the public at that second meeting. I don't know. Do we does somebody move a motion? <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep talking one more to the economic thing. <laughs> okay. And that's just that, like, you know, I have the benefit. I have four boys under the age of 11. It's a vibe. It's amazing. <laughs> and that, like, this, like, I, I'm doing this for them. Like, this committee showing up here, like, I'm thinking about them. Right. And, like, I'm sure you, you guys have a, you know, a downtown Lawrence future plan, you know. And so I love the idea that someday, you know, on that, just north of that 4th Street Bridge, there's a parking lot there. There's a city parking lot just north of the, of the existing Vermont Street Bridge. There's a parking lot on the southwest corner at the park. And there's a city parking lot on the southeast corner at that, uh, uh, the Riverfront Mall on the east side and stuff like that. So there's four public access points on a downtown that's like already constrained on parking. You know, and parking's always somebody's issue or something like that. And just that like, I'm thinking like in 10 years, the arts districts is more developed. Mm -hmm. And in, in maybe in 10 years, they'll get that thing built behind Johnny's. And in, you know, whatever Wes is building at that intersection right there on like Locust and Fourth, like that like kind of multi, multi-use space there, like that turns into a little bit more commercial development or something like that. and. And having something that, you know, like we could, we could bike in from any direction because the loop feeds into this, the levee feeds into this little nugget of joy here. Um, you could drive in and park in any of those cardinal locations there, and like I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do like a dinner run, and I'm gonna get wings at Johnny's, I'm gonna go downtown and have dinner. I'm gonna walk across that bridge. I'm gonna take the path 
into the East Arts District and get a beer at LBC, and then I'm gonna walk, you know, back and just kind of like do a walking tour of like the commercial hub. Not only is it like a commercial hub of Lawrence, but like dad gum cross the river twice you know with like a slice of pizza in my hand is gonna that's gonna be a neat experience you know so like is that that's a future i would be excited about you know of like having that kind of both sides of the river and again i'm representing north lawrence (laughs) both sides of the river you know commercials commercial development on both sides and you know something that makes the the value of being on the north side of the river rise up and have a place for the city to expand because we're connecting the two so mm-hmm. yeah i i think that's a great vision and i and i think it there's a, a chance it'll happen although major development in, in the east lawrence neighborhood i would approach cautiously uh, but i think that um just as we sit here today you know um we already have the assets that are that are at the vermont uh, bridge area and uh, also, as long as we're talking about vision, there's been talk about possibly that's where a permanent farmer's market would go, um, and some other, that might be where the transit station goes. So mm-hmm. there are, the, your vision is great, and I would love to see it. I'm just saying that as we stand today, and then we'll also with um, potential, the Vermont one also has a lot of value. Yeah. yeah. But I, I hear you, and I also hear everybody about the you know, cycling experience, and that, that's important. I'm just, speaking to the goals of the grant and connectivity. Jessica, can I ask one more question? So if and when the 4th Street one was the option, was this going to be not gravel then on the north side? I would need to let Jake answer okay, how the connection Jake, back yeah, to the cause, street. Cause how was the connection back to the street network going to be handled on the north side of the 4th Street alignment? Or maybe... Well, I don't think we've designed that per se. It's just more concept. We know it needs to happen. Yeah. So I think Scott said he thought it was going to be more expensive. They probably looked at measurements, what it would take to do that. Yeah. We didn't I mean, get that. The, yeah. the cost portion of that, the difference when you're talking about $20 million, I hate to say 500000 isn't much. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we felt that that wasn't a whole lot. Where, where were you the, looking at it coming back into like the street I, network and then coming up I cannot Elm? remember. Was it like here sure. and then back Can't up Elm? Might. I think it's shown in the drawings that you, we presented at this at the last public meeting. I believe we showed connectivity wrapping under. No, we did for the alignment for this bridge. She, they're asking yeah. if there was a fourth street bridge. Because here we showed what this alignment is to connect back to the network. They're saying if the bridge was here, how would it connect back to the network? And I'm not sure we necessarily determined that. I don't think you would get this same, un, you know what I mean, the same pavement of this undercrossing here. It may, I don't know where it would come down. Do you know what I mean? And how you'd have to do that. Do you have to have a switch back to come back off Well, the- if I remember right, the it was coming more around this little spot here. So oh. it was kind of coming across, connecting like right up. Oh, here when somewhere. you looked at an alignment, but they're but talking then, about an alignment right. that's here. So. This was one of the concepts we should correct. It was it was more in that area, I think. But yeah, if they were looking at, I you think know, Jake had a line here. that was like one, two, three, four. Right. Yeah. Now we were looking up here, which was a a longer crossing, so it would 
cost more to build here versus going more perpendicular at a shallower or more narrow portion of the river. So that could be a benefit, but again, that's not an option that we have any analysis on to really be able to make that viable? I mean, after we made that decision with the committee, we pursue, you pursue down the path of spending your energy and resources in this space, so. If we're ready for a motion, I would move we proceed with the narrowed concept okay. in the application for the raise grant. Okay. I'd second that. Okay. All in favor indicate by raising your hand. Okay. All opposed, same. Okay. I'm only opposed to the location of the bridge. Yeah. So not the grant. Okay. Okay. Well, in that sense, it's a seven to two decision um, to proceed with the grant, and we will share that information with the steering committee with that feedback and with the uh, kind of a summary of some of the concerns and discussion that was had as part of this conversation. So, um, Jake, do you have anything else you need at this point, or are we done with our work? No, um, I, thank you for a great discussion, everybody tonight. Again, I'm sorry I couldn't be there. Um, <clears throat> I would encourage anybody who uh, wants to attend the Multimodal Transportation Committee uh, meeting next Monday where they'll take uh, the, this recommendation up. Um, and also, again, if, if you're interested in providing letters of support from your organizations for the project, I think Mike will be reaching out and be able to provide a form letter. So um, uh, reach out to us if you have any questions on that. Thank you. Nice to meet you all. It is in this room, uh, Monday night at 6 o'clock. There's no study. So it's just. No, it's not.